Hey, this is Tim McGregor, and I'm the pastor of LOH Church, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you. I hope it builds your faith and gives you perspective to see God moving in your life. Enjoy the message. Oh yeah, good morning, church. How's everybody doing this morning, Lighthouse? Come on, y'all good? Man, 10 a.m. service, this is exciting. Felt like I was doing something wrong this morning. <laughs> Came too slow, I've been ready to preach all morning. Um, man, and Deb, you got me right, man. Isn't it just awesome to come into the house of the Lord and experience God and worship and be able to sing to the Lord? Yeah, you can, you can clap. So good, I know Champion's like my favorite song ever. Before I, I preach, I could be my walk-up song. Um, Oh, just so thrilled about what God has in store for you, what God wants to say to you today. Happy Father's Day. Thank you for being a father. If you don't have kids, thank you for being a spiritual father to others. Thank you for being an example to other people. There's nothing like a father. There's nothing like our Heavenly Father. He has been so good, guys. He has been so good. Despite our faithlessness and our unfaithfulness to Him, He has remained faithful. And He woke up today, and we woke up today with a sunrise because the Lord is faithful and he can't be faithless because he cannot disown himself he just remains faithful even when we aren't and we need to thank him for that my heart is so grateful today to be able to speak about the things of God we're gonna use this series I got two messages in this series called rise and the scripture is this, in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 13, it says this, be on your guard, stand firm in the faith. My translation says, be men of courage, or be courageous, and be strong. Now this is a message, I think, to fathers. I think these next two messages are to fathers and to men. I'm grateful that Pastor Tim gave me the opportunity because sometimes when you're preparing, there's so much that you want to give in one message. It's great to have two or you can do part one and part two. But I feel like this is a message not only for fathers and for men, but it's also for women. So keep your ears open. Keep your eyes open. Be receptive. But I believe there are young men and young women, old men, old women, in particular ready to hear this call. You've been eagerly awaiting the call to hear the voice of the Lord that, that calls you out and calls you up and says, rise. Rise up like never before. Be men of courage, men of strength, men of resilience and endurance, men of a generation unwilling to bow, unwilling to budge, unwilling to move aside. Unwavering men of the battle, ready to fight, ready to take arms. Ones that are ready for restoration and renewal and revival. Come on, somebody. For the sake of a nation and for the sake of the church and for the sake of the family and for the sake of the world, God is calling some of you right here and right now. And maybe today, this is your day where he says to you, now's the time, man, rise out of the dark places, out of the barrenness and fruitful li fruitless living, and rise. Something on the inside, maybe it's been through, through Pastor Tim's messages over the last weeks, haven't they been amazing about the Holy Spirit? Extraordinary, we are blessed, guys. But you could still feel like you're in this, this place and you've heard all these messages, and you say, I want that, but, but Dustin, I just feel fruitless. See, I, may, I have this inability, I sense to ride the wave as we talk about. 
We talk about ankle, knee, and waist, and, and I want to dive in, but I feel a resistance, a desire to move, a desire to grow, to love, and to live. But if you're honest, you feel like an empty man, maybe even dead. I sense it's the Lord revealing a hindrance. And this might sound confusing to you, but to go from dead to truly living, you need to experience another death. And we as Christians and every person that's ever lived, whether you know Christ or not, we all need to experience a death to live. Unless the seed dies, it will remain fruitless. It will remain barren. But if it dies, as Jesus said, it will grow and bear much fruit. And let me tell you, Father, this is what God wants for your life. Can we say amen? So maybe you from this series preparing for Pentecost, you have this desire and it's great. This starting point that God has given you a, 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 a sort of catalytic moment that he wants to work in you and you feel something stirring, you feel something working, but at the same time, you, you, you want to respond and you, you want it to come forth, but you, you sense it's not. You have this desire to live according to the Spirit. You say, I want to be a father after God's heart, after the Father's heart. But I have no spark. I have no umph. I've waited. I've been patient. What do I do? Here's what I say to you. Jump. Don't be afraid. Lay it all down and die. All your preconceived ideas, all the notions about what it's going to look like and, and what your expectations are, Lay it down. All the want to, have to, hope to, I can, I want to be someday, go. Here's your spark. Let the Holy Spirit be released in this room in Jesus' name. God, that young men, young women, Lord, would fan into flame the gift of God that they've already received. Those of, those of us who have received you, Jesus, as our Savior, we have the Holy Spirit deposited in us. Lord, let there be no hindrance today. Can we pray? Lord, let there be no hindrance today to the work of your spirit and what you desire to do. Lord, I know there's so many, as I said at the beginning, so many ready, so many eagerly, like, like you're, you're at the edge of the diving board and you're just, you, all you need is just, just a little push, just a little spark, just a, just a little motivation or inspiration and God, let it be today. For it's for freedom that you've set us free, your word says. May there be no walls. Come on, church, would you agree with me? May there be no walls today, no hindrances today. I pray for the fathers today that they would rise up like never before. I pray for the fathers listening online right now. I, I, I can see them weeks from now driving in the car. I pray that you would encourage their hearts. Lord, you'd melt them. You'd melt the heart of stone and you'd make it a heart of flesh right here and right now. Come on, you agree with me, church? Right here, right now. No wall, no hindrance in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on. Amen. Can we just give God praise right now? Right now. Because he's speaking. He's working. He's working. Amen. 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 So let me ask you, Father, what is your biggest fear? Women, think about that. You can think about it too. If I say, if I say men, is that our, it won't offend you, right? If I kind of talk to men, but I, all right. It shouldn't offend you because the law has been hidden in your heart. Nothing should offend you. That's what Psalm says. Jeez. Okay. What's your biggest fear? I remember as a kid, if you've heard me speak, I, I was a scaredy cat. Okay, I'm just going to be honest. Um, at nighttime, I just got scared. Anybody else? Wow. Gosh, man, I was the only one. Lord, help me. Help me. Anyone else scared at nighttime? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dang. And um, I used to go in my parents' bedroom. Anybody? No, just me and Ken? Me and Ken? Okay. Yo, humble yourself, son. Humble yourself. Okay. Just me, apparently. So this is this, this new thing that I was a kid and I tried out. No one else ever did this, but they went into their parents' bedroom and told them they were afraid. Okay. <laughs> So that's just the thing I dealt with, and, and yeah. You were right, enemy. I am the only one that deals with this. Okay. <laughs> All 
right, so I used to go my, one, one, thing that, one thing that scared me, obviously, like robbers coming into the house, you hear noises, different things, and you guys know the story, I almost shot my grandma. <laughs> no, grandma wasn't there, but I loaded the gun, the revolver, and walked up the steps. All that, that really happened, it's a true story. But I used to not only get afraid that someone was gonna come in my house, and I was afraid of Santa Claus. Yeah, I, I, seriously, mom had to write a note to Santa Claus not to come in Dustin's room. <laughs> true story. I wish I was lying. <laughs> I don't know what y'all are saying, but hey. All right. I'm a new man. Ask Chantel. I don't do that stuff now. All right. <laughs> now she writes the notes. That's right, Dixie. <laughs> All right. Can we move on? No. I, uh... Yo, know, I remember going into my parents' bedroom, and one thing, that, one thing that scared me was eternity. You ever think about eternity? Make your stomach sick? I'm sorry for doing that to you right now. You have to think about eternity and forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. And now, now I know the Lord, right, there's more joy than you've ever experienced. There's more peace than you've ever, every single day is greater and you're experiencing, right? I, I understand that. But when I was a kid, I didn't understand that. Give me, freak me out. I walk into my parents' bedroom, and I say, Mom? Dad, dad was just out, so you just, you just don't even try, right? Dad's gone. So I remember telling my mom, you know, have you ever, have you ever thought about this eternity, you know? And mom's like, yes. And what I tell, I just say, God, I trust you, right? God, I trust you. So you get that feeling of frustration. God, I trust you. Dad, you ever experience that? You ever think about the future? No. <laughs> Oh, okay, all right, great, okay. I'll never, I'll never forget that. Dad, you ever experienced? No. <laughs> that's my dad, that's my dad for you though. No, dad, I wish I was like you. I wish, I wish I. <sighs> In all seriousness, what's your biggest fear, Father? Eternity? Losing something or someone, your job, or not being able to provide for your family? Biggest fear is maybe that your marriage would fall apart because you see the statistics. What's your biggest fear? Being the father your dad was, is that, is that your biggest fear? Or maybe not being as good as your father was. I, I don't know. Maybe you have some fears and I think the Lord wants to release you of that. But let me, let me tell you my, my fear. Besides waking up one day and being out of shape, that's, that's like... <laughs> If, if you know me, that's like a nightmare of mine where I just wake up one day and be like, what happened? Oh no, what, what happened? <laughs> you don't realize how much of a fear that is of mine. But anyways. <laughs> oh gosh, okay. My biggest fear as a dad, as a father, is not to live my life to the full. That Jesus would come to me and give me this offer. Hey, Dustin, for you, for your wife, for your children, for your family, let me tell you this, John 10, 10, let me tell you that the enemy, Dustin, will come and steal, kill, and destroy. That's what he wants to do. But you know why I'm here? You know why I'm existing in your life? You know why? So that you might have life. Come on, somebody. And you may have it more abundantly. That you may live your life to the full. That you wouldn't fall for the counterfeit. That you wouldn't become a slave to anything, Dustin, because my desire, my purest desire, my good intention towards you is life and life to the fullest. And as a father, I want to live at all costs my life to the full. And I want my kids to see it. And I want my wife to see it. I want them not only to hear my word about how to follow Jesus and not only feel my heart, but I want them to sense my spirit, my life to the full. That dad, I don't know if I agree with him on everything, but he is full. And that's the offer from scripture. That's the offer that Jesus has for every father. No matter what you're experiencing, no matter what heartache, no matter what pain, that you can somehow go to another realm spiritually, that you can die to those, those things and God can bring life forth out of your inner man. So we say, let our spirit come forth 
not only for ourselves, but everything will be affected from this. Your family and your circle and your church and your community and your nation and your world by you, by one ripple effect, by one, by one person being full, one person not needing the things of this world, one person satisfied in Christ and in him alone, one person, everything will be affected. If we can let this man rise up out of our inner being, let your spirit come forth to your kids. Again, it's not always about the right words. It's about the right spirit. Maya Angelou says that people don't always remember, right? You know this? What you say or even what you do, but they always remember how you make them feel, Dad. And I believe it's deeper than feeling, though. That it's, they need to not only know what we have to say, not only feel and sense our hearts, but we need, they need to receive our spirits. They need to receive the Jesus inside you. In other words, our spirits have to, I'll say it again, have to come forth to our children. And this is the spirit of God. It's a burden of mine, honestly, that I would live full for my kids. That I would live full for my church. That I wouldn't, that I wouldn't preach from an empty place, but I would preach from a full place. One of the reasons I get anxious before I preach, I'll let you in on something. It's because I have a burden. If my spirit doesn't come forth, I might as well walk off the stage. If you don't sense, if I'm just telling you stuff, or even affecting the way you feel, and you don't sense the spirit of God connecting with the spirit of God in you, man, I failed. So I ask and I seek, Lord God, I want my, your spirit indwelling inside me to connect with my spirit and come out and come forth to your people. Because that's what changes you. That's what changes me. But today I, I realize that it's not all perfect. And look out. And I'm sure there's some dead places. Honestly, some dead people. Some dead men. Some dead fathers. That need a spark of life from the Holy Spirit. I want to talk about, and I'm, I'll, I'll get to the encouraging part, but I want to start out, talk about three levels of dead. Dead, dead, and dead. And I want to encourage your heart today. Maybe you feel like your spirit is unresponsive, desensitized. You feel like there's a wall, there's some sort of buildup. I release that today. I release it, I release it. Over your life, whatever it is, whatever your, your, your conformity is, or you feel like it's a deformity, whatever, Spirit of God, come and have your way. Let's talk about a couple levels of dead that I want to talk about. Is that all right with you? This message is entitled Dead Man. Everyone say dead man. Dead man. That's good. All right. The first one is this, dead in sin. So there's dead in sin, which means you've yet to find life in Christ. Dead to the things of the spirit, which means you're dormant. We'll talk about that. And dead in fruitfulness and barrenness. Let's go to dead in sin. Dead in sin, you can open up your Bible to Ephesians chapter 2. Verses 1 and 2. It's cool if you have the YouVersion Bible app. We have all the slides on there. You can follow along, make notes, and everything like that. If you're making notes, here it is, Ephesians 2. If you're not taking notes, you know how I feel about you. <laughs> all right. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. Anyone attest to that? In which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world. But we're not like, you know, you're, you're saved, you're living according to Christ. You're not like that, right? In, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air. We talked about that and nurtured in the spell. Of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work 
and those who are disobedient. In other words, when the world is giving off the things of the enemy, we shouldn't be surprised. When the world starts acting in accordance with the ways contrary to scripture and contrary to God, we, we should not be surprised because it's the natural bent of what the spirit, the, the deceiver, the God of this age, the ruler of the kingdom of the air is doing. He's, he's working, right? Not only our God is working, but there's an enemy working. So you could be in this place right now. You could be a dead man and honestly dead in sin. Romans chapter 6, verse 21. What, what benefit did we reap at the time from the things we're now ashamed of? If you think back. Or maybe you're, what you're dealing with now. Those things result in, everyone say it, death. Those things result in death. But now that you've been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness. And the result is eternal life. I love what Pastor Tim said last week. He said, last time I checked, he's called the Holy Spirit. What, what God gives you, the benefit you reap from this new life in Christ, it leads to holiness. And the result is eternal life. For the wages of sin, come on, anyone know the Romans road? The wages of sin is, I just dated myself kind of, right? The, the, the Romans road, we can go back to that. That'd be all right. For the wages of sin is death. What you earn from a life not of Christ is death. The life where you think it's freedom. And you think, oh, this life of no boundaries. Look at them in the world. The wages, what they're earning by their work is death and destruction. That's why you need to come into the house of the Lord and remind yourself. Remind your mind and your perspective. See, I thought this way. Didn't David say something like that? I thought this way till I entered the house of the Lord and I realized their end was destruction. The wages of sin is death, but the gift, and it's a gift, it's a gift, it's a gift. Do you receive it? It's a gift, is eternal life. Zoe, that's now, that's the John 10, 10 life. Eternal life, right here and now, into forever. In Christ Jesus, our Lord. Make that decision today. If you've yet to find life in Christ, through Adam all die, but through Christ we all come alive. Number two, dead to the things of the Spirit. In other words, you have the Spirit inside of you, but it's like a dormant volcano. And you, you realize when we sing songs like the resurrection power in the name of Jesus, that the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in me. But, but let me tell you, the things of the Spirit and, and God working and, and, and everything through your life, it, it's like dormant. It's like asleep. And you say, Dustin, I want it. We talk about the waves. We talk about the ankles, the knees, and the waist. And we talk about diving in. And Dustin, I, I want to. But there's, there's, there's so many layers. So much hindrance. So much mind. So much flesh. So much comparison. Jealousy. Bitterness. So much hurt and resentment. Clouding this smooth flow of the spirit. There's a hunger and a longing. But you're holding on to so much. Although Christ has set you free. You choose to hold on. You choose the chains. And when freedom is offered. Sometimes often we even grip the chains even tighter. And I'm here to tell you today. To let it go. Whether it's religiosity. Whether it's settling and not dreaming again, or whether it's sin, let it go and be released in Jesus' name. This volcano is not dormant. It wants to rise up inside of you. Speak, son of man. Speak, prophet of God. Speak, warrior. You might feel dead to the things of the Spirit. You're not dead. It's only dormant. And God wants to do something in you. He's, he's speaking. He's speaking to you. Number three is this, dead in fruitfulness, barrenness. In other words, you, you have the Lord. 
And, and the things of the Spirit, you, I, I don't know, I don't know, you prophesy some, you speak, you speak in tongues some, you, you seek the Lord, and, and you have a devotional life, and whatever that might be, but you just, you just feel like you're somewhere in the mix, and you feel like there's no fruit coming from your life. Feel like there's no sustenance, no results to show for, for what you've been doing. And I, and I want to tell you something. First things first, you might just be pregnant with a miracle. You might just be at the conception point and you don't realize it. You, you haven't got sick yet. You haven't got all the of being pregnant. My wife got really sick when she was pregnant. The, those things haven't started yet so you know something's going on. You could, you could just be pregnant with a miracle. So keep on going. Remember what I said in the, the will of God message that some of you don't even realize how in the will of God you are. How in the will of God your family is. And just because you haven't seen it doesn't mean God's not working and doesn't mean you're not in the right place. So you could be that. Number two, you might just need to stop striving and let the Spirit loose. Some of the greatest resistance to the work of the Spirit is us in our own wall, our own striving, our own muscling it up. Right, Dad? Muscling it up. You know what? A, a, a dad and a strong man, when I say rise, it's not so much, much about fisting. It's not so much about standing strong and I'm going to rise up. It's more about an open hand. It's more about an open heart, an open hand. You know, it might even, it might even be, I didn't think about this till now, it might even be more about, more about on your knees. It might be more about washing people's feet. It might be stop striving, stop trying to muscle up and let the Spirit loose in your life. For Jesus said, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loose. It's already done. So release it now over your life. Just say, God, I release it. I release every wall. I release every hindrance right here, right now, Lord. And number three, if not those two, you might just need to cut something. Might need to cut something out. Some things don't grow. Their growth is stunted until you prune it. And it grows more. Some things weren't, weren't intended for, for your life. Say, well, I'm asking God and I'm seeking God and I'm wanting this, but I'm also tolerating this and justifying this and I'm also gonna live this way. Jesus said you can't serve two masters. Either you love the one and hate the other. You can't serve two. Who are you serving? Choose you the, this day who you will serve. As for me and my house, Father, we will serve the Lord. Come on, you can say it louder. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. With all that said, I have to confess that I am a dead man. And you might be a dead man too. But a different kind. For I have been crucified. Come on. Come on. We can go to it. I have been crucified with Christ. And I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. This life, I live in the body. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. There's a different kind of dead man in this room. There's a different kind of father in this room. You thought I was talking about the dead man, the people of the world, around the dry bones and all that without life. I'm talking to the dead man that have been crucified with Christ. And Paul's word choice here is important. It's not just dead with Christ. And I use the same word. I use the term crucified. Because it carries a lot more weight. It's a public spectacle. It's a torture. It's an irreparable decision. I am never going back. <laughs> Come on. I am never going back. That person is gone. 
my sin, gone with him. <laughs> Reputation, comparison, doubt, fear, anxiety, worry. It's gone with him. I've been crucified with Christ by the power of the Spirit. And I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And this is the life I now live. How about you? Someone say amen. This is the life we live. Are you living today? Have you died with Christ? Have you crucified the old man so that you can finally live? Honestly, it's something I have to do every single day. And I wake up in the morning. And this is not demoralizing by any stretch. This is how you receive the new mercies. This is how you get the grace that he so well. Because remember, it's a gift. And he wants to bestow it upon you. He wants to give it to you. But so often we try to resist. Just let it go. I've been crucified with Christ. And this is so important. But let me tell you, this is so important for your life. But this is for the generations to come. You don't know, I've heard it said, you don't know what hangs in the balance from your decisions to follow Jesus. Your decision to not only follow him, but to make him your Lord, to make him your savior, to be crucified with Christ. This takes great courage. Men of God, men of faith, pillars of the LOH, this takes great courage and a great stepping up. I rise up like David in the face of Goliath. When all my brothers are on the sidelines, I say, who's going to fight this man? And the Spirit of God rises up inside of me and says, I will not back down. I will stand strong because I have the, I have, I have the Spirit of God inside of me. I've been crucified anyways. And so this takes great courage. But as for me and my house, as for me and my house, come on, as for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. And I know what the world says. And I know what the culture is pushing. I know what they're saying. But as for me, come on, as for me, as for me and my house, I will serve the Lord, Yahweh, the one, the beginning and the end, the Alpha and the Omega. He's worthy of my whole life. He's worthy of my son, Duke, and my daughter, Dakota. He's worthy of baby Jet. He's worthy of my life. He's worthy of my finances. He's worthy of everything. Come on, somebody. For me and my house. So come out of the shadows. Out of the darkness. Out of the grave. And live. Live. Truly live. I know you've been playing and you've been dabbling. Come find Jesus and truly live. You can't serve two masters. And in doing this, when you give him, when you crucify, you enter into a new realm, a realm of the spirit, where God wants to take you to new heights and new places, more than you could ever dream, I'm telling you. Might not be everything you, ever, you, you dreamed, but with Jesus, it'll be better. Might not be everything that you thought and you dreamed, but with Jesus, it will be better. I've been reading this book. It's been cool. Uh, Pastor Tim gave it to me a while ago. It's called The Release of the Spirit by a man named Watchman Nee. Um, awesome book. It says one dollar on it. <laughs> it's pretty cool. It also says, Pastor Tim, December 1968. So, uh, <laughs> that was, yeah, you weren't alive then, so I don't know. Just <laughs> An awesome book. Can we go to that slide? Josh recreated the slide. It's pretty cool. There's this slide, and he, and he talks about, you can't see it in this, but we could do story time. You guys want to do story time? You guys do that where you read it, and then you go, and here's the picture. All right, um, <laughs> man, I miss those days. Miss McCabe, oh, my park side. Oh, that was good. Okay, so he has this. This is this is you. This is your body. On the inside is this. It's the spirit. 
Then it's the soul is the outer man, and the outer man, outermost man is the body. Listen, listen to how he describes this. Man's spirit is God's intended home or dwelling place. Okay? He comes and lives inside of this, this inner man, the spirit. So the Holy Spirit making union with the human spirit. So the Holy Spirit makes union with your spirit. And this would be to govern the soul, the outer man, okay? And the spirit and the soul would use the body to express what's happening on the inside. So here's the catch. The soul, the outer man, must become the organ or vessel for the spirit. So it is the independent action of the soul, the soul working without the spirit's influence, that must be destroyed or must die or be broken. The spirit comes and lives inside of you. That's what I'm talking about, the spirit coming forth. And there can be a resistance by your outer man, even though he's in there. There can be a wall built up so that he can't come forth. And he wants to come forth. He wants to come out of your life. But the more that we feed the outer man, the more that we eat the dessert, <laughs> the more that the outer man grows and the spiritual man, that's what I'm talking about, the dormancy, the spiritual man can can say shut up in your bones and you can get to the end of your life and God say I wanted to do so much in you and through you but you never let me and I was inside you are saved and you do have the Holy Spirit you're a temple of the Holy Spirit but how much do you want me to come forth how much do you want me to be seen how much do you want me to be manifest Again, your spirit must come forth. The church needs it. Like never before, the church needs you and God's spirit deposited in you to come forth. Your family, it needs your spirit to come forth. Gosh, man. Oh, God. I just have this sense, and I don't want to give a percentage, but it, it's, like, it's like the buffering percentage if you play video games, or it's like now loading, and we're like playing with the guy at like loaded like 10%, and God's like, let me, I want to be full. I want to be like, let it go. Like, you know what I mean? Come on, somebody test it. Yeah. The spirit must come forth. And sometimes we've just... We've just justified or just tolerated living a life in dead places with, with dead people and dead things and, and not utilizing what we have deep in that inner man. And he wants to, he wants your outer man to be yielded to it. He wants your outer man to be broken so that when the spirit of God and the spirit of man and your soul work together, your body can express itself life to the full. It can express what God wants to do in your life. Amen? And I just have this, and this kind of feels like an aside, but I might as well just read it. Hey, and you know things God would never say when you stand at the end? He'll never say you had too much faith in me. He'll never say you trusted me too much. Gosh, man, you just trusted me too much. Uh, seriously, I'm just, you dream too big. I mean, seriously though, but we live like, like, oh, I shouldn't ask that, or I shouldn't pray like that, or I shouldn't think like that. I shouldn't take scripture and be like, this is for me, no. I and he says, you will never say you gave yourself too much to me. With God, all things are possible, as Scripture says. Second Peter, chapter 1, verse 3. You probably even know this. You might even have this memorized. His divine power has given us everything. Everyone say everything. everything. One more time. Everything. everything. Everything we need for a godly life. Through our knowledge, epigenosis of him who called us, a, a, deeper, a deeper knowing, called us by his own glory 
and goodness. This word everything that he's using here is exhausted, exhaustive. It's everything. It's all things. It's all manner of which everything that you need. God will supply everything you need to live a godly life. And this, this is what we need for a godly life. It's actually what we need unto. It's like unto a godly life, meaning I give you everything you need to set out on course to become more like Christ. I give you everything you need not to be perfect, but to progress to to have this progression of walking in step with the Spirit into a godly life from glory to glory into becoming more like who we're apprenticeship to, Jesus. So cool. His divine power. Let God be true in every man a liar. Let God be true in the devil a liar. Let God be true in your flesh a liar. Come on. This is not about appearance. This is about heart and spirit. The only way is a yielded heart or soul. The yielded outward man to the spirit. And this will change you from a man that chases pleasure or is a man that's passive to a man of purpose. This will change you from a man that's pushing and striving to a man of patience and rest. And this will change you from a man of a hard heart and tension and trying to be tough to a man of a soft heart and a man of the spirit. Three applications as we're finishing up today that will help the outward man stay at bay, I think, not feed him. Is this, it's in your notes and you version, it's also up on the screen. And I just want to challenge you with a couple things. Number one is this stop comparison. And 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 stop anything that causes that to rise up inside of you. Craig Grishel says the best way to ruin something good is to compare it to something else. The best way to ruin how you think your family is, how you think your marriage is. I'm all good. I'm all good with learning from people, with looking up to people, aspiring. I'm all good with that. But when it comes to comparison, which social media is so dang good at, get away from it. Because it causes this man to rise up. And you want to live according to the Spirit? You want to live a life that's full? Stop this madness. In the end of the, the Gospel of John, in John chapter 21, Peter asked Jesus this question about John. And Jesus says, if I want him to remain until then, listen to this, what is that to you? As for you, follow me. If I have this timing for you, if, if your life, I want it to go this way, I want to work this way, and someone else, I want to do this or that and this time, what is that to you? As for you, follow me. That's all I ask, is you follow me. Number two, stop yielding your rights, Father. Stop saying that's just for Dustin or that's just for a pastor or that's, that's just for the, the prophet man. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation. You have the garment on you, Joseph. Stop yielding it. Stop pushing it aside. Oh man, this is strong. This is strong. I hope you receive this right now. Stop tolerating. You live in the second rate life. Stop thinking you're second rate in God's book. Stop thinking you don't have the anointing on you. Stop thinking you don't have the gift on you. That God hadn't called you out, called you up, and given you the garment. And steward your household. Steward your bride. Your children. I was so worried when I was sitting at the end of the bed when we were going to have Duke, our first son. So just unknown. 
And the song came on. It was new at the time, and we ran it into the ground, but it was new at the time. And it was, you are worthy of it all. <laughs> you are worthy of it all. For from you are all things. <laughs> and to you are all things. To you be the glory that my son that comes and I don't even have a clue what he's going to be like. But all my responsibility is from you is him. <laughs> and to you is him. <laughs> and may you get the glory through the time in between. Father, that's all your responsibility, Dad. So stop yielding your rights. Rise up today. And number three is stop listening to your flesh. This goes right in. Because call it the flesh, call it the enemy, it's the same thing. It's contrary to the spirit. It's opposing the things of God and what he wants to do and what he wants to say. So stop listening to that man. Get in the word so you know what Jesus says. So that you can discern. Because the word of God divides soul. We don't have the circles. Soul and spirit, joints and marrow. The word of God pierces. And the word of God is the differentiating force. The word of God tells what's his and what's not. And you need to be in the word. And you need the spirit to be moving forth in you. Stop listening to the flesh. And it's for freedom that Christ set you free. Galatians 5, verse 1. It's for freedom that Christ has set you free. So don't let yourself be bound again by any yoke of slavery. Be free. The parameters he sets are, are for your freedom. So whatever it takes, put that man down. Let me ask you, as we're about to close... And the band can come up. We're going to have a special song at the end and it's going to bless your heart. It might melt you. But let me ask you, are there any walls? Are there any, are there any walls that you feel like you've, you have built up? I, I, I've been reading this book and I, I put it off because it's, it's kind of for... Men that are your boys or your sons are going into teenage years. It's called The Intentional Father. A Practical Guide to Raise Sons of Courage and Character by John Tyson. It's really, really good. But it's about taking your, your kid from like 10, 11, 12 into the teenage years and preparing them for manhood. That's a, I would encourage it for any person in that in that place. It's amazing. But I stopped reading it because I was like, I realized Duke's not there yet. But uh, it, it helped. And I don't want him to be there yet. Yes, I don't want him to be there yet. But he, but he talks about one wall, and I feel like I need to share it today. One wall that the enemy plays against men, fathers, is the wall of their relationship with their earthly father. And it can be a great hindrance. Let me tell you, it can be a great hindrance to what God wants to do in your life in your family. In the book, In the Intentional Father, by John Tyson, he talks about honoring your father and how this is a command from God the Father. Exodus chapter 20, verse 12 says, honor your father and your mother so that, it's the only command with a promise, so that, so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God has given you. One of the things he says, and I'll challenge you with this, and I'm actually gonna do it now. One of the things he says to do is write a tribute to your father about all the things that he did right. And I went back and forth of whether I should share this or not publicly and when I talked about it. But I just felt like I should. And I want to I read this to my dad, if that's all right with you, if I can get through it. Is that okay? Is that okay? Yeah. If anyone has any questions about the, what the tribute should be like, you can message me or whatever. This is Dad's tribute letter. Hey, Dad, at this point in your life, now that I'm a man raising my own sons and daughter, you're probably wondering what I think of you. You're probably looking back over your role as a father with moments of pride, moments of possible regret. And I just wanted to let you know, here are some things you got right. 
You taught us about enjoying the little things. How being a goof off is okay. (laughs) And even necessary at times. You, You taught us to not do anything with half effort. You taught us how to be tough and not quit. You taught us strength, real strength. You taught us to be courageous and not to back down from anything. You taught us how to touch people, not with our eloquence, our articulations, but our hearts and our spirits. You taught us the beauty of emotion and how crying was not weak, but sensitive. How being in touch with your emotions was not a weakness, but a toughness and a strength. You taught us the importance of humility and the power of being teachable. So core to me. I could tell you stories of times, man. You taught us how to be a father figure to kids who either maybe didn't have one or just didn't have a present one. I remember in basketball practice, I'd get jealous how he would act towards other people. He'd be their father. <laughs> you taught us what a real coach is like. You taught us that discipline didn't have to be harsh, but true love. And we sensed that. You taught us that no disagreement is worth holding a grudge over. How you can forgive even when others don't. How you don't have to be bitter and resentful even when others tell you you should. You taught us to love Jesus with our whole heart. And how no sport or accolade or grade or accomplishment could ever compare to the reward of following Jesus. (laughs) It's so true. You taught us about yielding to the Holy Spirit. You taught us we could do anything we wanted in this life if we gave it to the Lord. You said that time and time again. So thank you, Dad. I'm going to say to dads out there too. Thank you for being the man me and my brothers always wanted to be. (laughs) I bless you for being the best possible example of what a father can and should look like. I know you're so blessed, but if there be any more blessing to give, I pray it on you. (laughs) Dad, that the river of blessing would flow so much so you would not be able to contain it. Like the fathers of our faith, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, may you receive their blessing too. In Jesus' name. So, Dad, I wanted to honor you not only as your son, but as a man. Your son, Dustin. Your kids have asked for everything under the sun. Now it's your turn. Hey, this is Pastor Dustin, and thanks for listening. If you live in the Western Maryland area, we would love for you to engage with us at one of our weekend services or weekday gatherings. For directions, service times, and information about our fabulous children's and student environment, please visit myloh.church.